Everybody, welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting. But we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. First off, as always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man of the Mirror, our intro-outro song. Go show them some love on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream our podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. You can find our boys, J.D. Masters and Buddha, friends of the program, friends of ours. Evan, happy Monday. It's always a it's it's a tough Monday to come after when you ride the high of the Masters, but a fulfilling weekend nonetheless at the most pristine golf course in the United States. Most pristine golf course in the world, Dom. Get it right. Uh, just kidding. But there, uh, I, well, I mean, but I, I kind of said that. I almost said that, but I was like, "There's going to be some oil tycoon from like Abu Dhabi who's going to put a hit on me if I say that." Well, there's at the end of the day, uh, quality of grass is uh, something that we can all strive for. Hey, I strive for quality of grass every day. Um, nice. Just a different kind of yeah. Uh, no, but. Uh, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that you can always make uh, anything as nice, you know, any grass as nice as other grass, but there just simply isn't anywhere else quite like Augusta National. And even on even on a year where we had kind of a wire-to-wire champion or somewhat of a wire-wire-to-champion, and, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of felt like we didn't get the, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the crazy race down the stretch that you typically want at uh, at Augusta, this was the first full year in since 2019 that you know we've had uh, you know a, a full attendance, you know as many patrons as you can get in there, and and you you got Tiger Woods there. I mean, it was just an absolutely beautiful weekend, and capped off with Scotty Scheffler. I mean, just putting together a a really magnificent you know four days. I mean, just uh, just like I mean, he, he he was the world number one coming into this tournament for a reason. Went three of Three out of his last five events. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what's funny about Scotty Scheffler too is that no joke. Literally back in January, I was having a conversation with my dad and other you know family members that play golf, saying you know Scheffler is so good, but he really just struggled to get over the hump. Like it seemed like he could never win. Like he was a choke artist of sorts. Well, Dom, I mean, he has completely flipped the script uh, over the past few months, and now I mean, if it, he's changed his life forever. That's kind of what's what's oh, truly neat about this whole scenario 100%. is that the past two months is completely. I mean, you got four four PGA Tour wins, including a major. I mean, that's a that is a PGA that is a like MVP of the season type season. And he's done uh, in, in in April, in like and it's April. April. Yeah, I'm, I mean, wanna, just a you special. You want to hear an absolute wild stat that I, I saw on Twitter Go for yesterday? It. So Scotty Scheffler eight weeks ago, Ab had zero wins in seventy PGA Tour starts. $8.7 million in career earnings, was ranked 14th in the world. Scotty Scheffler today, or well, it would have been on Sunday, four wins in 76 PGA Tour starts. So four of the last six, he's won $17.6 million in career earnings, 
ranked number one in the world, and he's a Masters champion. I mean, ha- ha- have your. I mean, there there are people who have two month two month stretches that are legendary, like Alexander the Great of the old days. Like, uh, I, I uh, yeah, when yeah, and then there's Scotty Scheffler. Like, I, I I saw that was a comparison I made with one of the sports reporters in town. It's like, yeah, you have to go back to like historic figures to be like who dominated. Like Napoleon probably had a great two months stretch in his peak with France, you know, like Scotty Scheffler has put together it, what he's done is amazing. And like you have given baseball in, in the recent years here, like a chance for it to grow on you, become a baseball fan, like that storyline alone and watching someone be as good as golf at this moment as Scotty Scheffler is. Uh, I became a much bigger golf fan this week uh, and Scotty Scheffler helped that hap- made that happen. And I appreciate him. And I now have, can watch golf very continuously on TV without having to flip away. And thank so thank you, Scotty. Scheffler's a likable dude, so that helps. You know, not a very – I mean, he's not like uh, – you know, he's not extremely soft-spoken, but he's, you know, he's not the most vocal guy in the world either. Just a likable guy and just another – the thing is, Zom, is that he's 25. He's one of the, like, I mean, there are so many dudes right now that are, like, 27 and under on the tour mm-hmm. that are, like, wow. I mean, just looking at the leaderboard, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris, um, Justin Thomas is 28 still. I mean, uh, Cameron Champ. I mean, uh, you know, these are all guys that just finished in the top 10 at the uh, Masters, and they're all guys in their 20s and, and still have, you know, really long impressive careers in front of them um yeah i mean scheffler too i think uh, i think for me you know yesterday yesterday and friday was like oh yeah he's gonna do it like i i, I didn't anticipate him falling apart but when you really well, he truly almost did on 18 there he did a little bit on 18 yeah but he could have six putted and still won the masters right. you know what i mean but but i guess my point being is when i knew that really I, it was just gonna be it was gonna have to take an act of god for this dude to not win the masters this weekend was when um when he chipped in on three yesterday the the that was his first birdie of the day he he drilled that chip i mean he really did not hit a great chip like it was that was probably going to go by 10 to 15 feet he was going to have a really tough par putt uh coming back after already only making par on number two where you really want to make birdie uh, he, you know, he just sinks it instead. It rattles off the pin and falls. And I mean, when, when that kind of thing is going down, uh, and at the same time, Cam Smith made a bogey on that hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you, that's, that's kind of when I was like, yeah, Cam could, you know, still make a run. There still could be some stuff, but you know, Cam kind of fell apart and yeah. Scheffler was well, just and, rock and that solid. Was tough to watch with Cam. You know, he was what once, I think when, when, when Scotty was nine under Cam was eight under, it was, they were, so it was at one point there were one stroke difference. But I think it was 13 of is where Cam triple bogeyed. I think it was that par 3, 13 where he tripled 12, bogeyed. but 12. yeah. Yeah, and it just – it all fell apart from there. And well, it, that was – that was what was was wild was that – okay, so bogeying 10 is not like – I mean, 10 is not the easiest hold in the world, but it's also not the hardest. Like, you can make any score at 10, and bogey, but bogey is not the one you want, obviously. He then proceeds to – birdie the hardest hole in the course on number tw- on number 11 he he hits a magnificent iron shot makes the putt and if you bogey if you birdie 11 like you can literally make birdie on any hole the rest of the way mm-hmm. so a lot of people were like oh shit here come here comes scam he's gonna make a whatever and then puts his tee shot on 12 into the water and i mean that was that i mean that you know that that's all she wrote 
Um, so unfortunate for Cam, but a top three finish for the young Australian who, you know, just won the Players Championship. I mean, he's going to be fine. You know, he's he's cool. Uh, you know, other top finishers, you got Rory McIlroy up there who Holy was a— Holy fuck, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I wish Rory would do that on other days because it seems like it's—they the, the, said it on the broadcast. I mean, it seems like every single— like every single major tournament, Rory is not in contention after two days, and then round three and round four, he just puts together like a really special performance. I mean, big turny Rory. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't break par, if he or I mean, if he doesn't make a. Uh, uh, if he doesn't shoot two over par through the first two days, if he shoots even, I mean, we're talking about a one stroke, one stroke back from Scotty, you know, maybe, you know, it, you, you never know. It's, it's, it, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, but, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's still just fun to watch Rory, you know, do his thing. I mean, he is, he is still at the end of the day, one of the most exciting players and just one of the more likable guys I still think on the tour. And same thing with Shane Lowry, man, Shane Lowry rocks, uh, just got the beer belly, just an Irishman, just just incredible touch around the greens. He was a lot of fun to watch this weekend. Um, uh, well, it, and I loved that on 18, right? So Rory hits like this incredible shot from the bunker, and it, it was uh, dumb. I mean, that's how this is how I literally was yesterday watching. I just could not speak. I was like, no fucking way. But then your homeboy Colin Morikawa said. Bitch, watch me thrive here, <laughs> and he went and did it himself. Like that was yeah. that was a defining moment to like where I was like, okay, if you don't like get up for this, like if you can, like you are really just not a person who appreciates golf, and it's just not your thing. If like that kind of moment and that energy does not get you up, because I mean, I was running around our newsroom like, are you fuck, are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? Oh my god, like that. That was in the most electric shit I've seen in a in a long time in a in a in a golf tournament atmosphere. No, it's uh the I would say that there were you know well like like we were saying you know Scheffler kind of made it quote unquote boring uh by by just you know kind of running away with it. There were still plenty of you know masters moments and. Of course, you can't really talk about those without talking about uh, Tiger, who you know. Watch, I watched uh, pretty much every shot of uh, of Tiger's Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday rounds. And man, I mean, I don't know. I just it, it, you you miss seeing him on a golf course. You it, it's such a blast to be able to watch him. You know, kind of one to be able to get around and go through the golf course was impressive on its own. We don't need to tell you that they said it on the broadcast a billion times. Tiger said, you know, talked about it himself. Um, but you know, the fact that he was not only just doing that, but I mean, Tiger hit some like 320 yard drives, you know, this weekend, like, I mean, it, it just in general, still one of the most like, a, like the greatest, one of the greatest athletic marvels of our modern, of like definitely a modern golf, probably of modern sports. I mean, he is, he is just something else, man. Um, and, and it sounds like he's going to play at the British open, which is really exciting. sounds like he's going to try and play in at the majors this year. Um, worth noting that the British Open this year is at St. Andrews where he has won twice um, and uh, the PGA or the U.S. Open is at Southern Hills which he has also won at um, so you never know with Tiger just because the Masters is over doesn't mean he's uh, he, he's, he couldn't still put together a, a really impressive weekend at some point this year um, yeah Dom you know we, we kind of made our picks or whatever before the Masters um, you know J, JT was never truly in the running 
Um, he kind of took himself out of it on the first day and kind of had to just work his way back the entire rest of the tournament. Um, Colin really also kind of in the same boat. Um, we brought up Cam Smith. I thought Cam was going to do it. You know, when, when Cam brought it to three strokes on Saturday, I thought he was going to do it. But, uh, right you know, sh- hand, but yeah, there, yeah, there, there, sh- was, there was a hot her hand, uh, going at, at, at Augusta as well. So, yeah, I, uh, just an all around enjoyable year. I've really, they've, they made some pretty big changes over the past, uh, past year or two. Um, you know, they put these trees in on 11. Those are like the ones that come to mind specifically. Love what they're doing there. I mean, I, I think the tournament, you know, this is a good thing. When when the winning score is like a 10 under, that's about what you want for the Masters. Like the years where it's like, oh, someone shot, you know, 17 under and they won. That that never feels good at like the Masters. Like you need a little bit of difficulty. I think they've got the course in a uh, in a good uh, good spot right now. And it helps um, you. I think Sunday. I mean, I heard it a hundred times in the broadcast, and you had actually mentioned it last week. Was that Sunday's conditions were just absolutely like if you were if you were a golfer and you were going to have the Rory run right if you were going to be Scotty and and go put up you know shoot four five six under Sunday was the day to do it I heard them repeated a hundred times that it was like picture perfect conditions to be playing golf in oh yeah I mean and that was that was part of the reason why the scoring got so high or the scoring was not as low as it probably could have been is just because we did have some really really wild weather obviously uh which is you know I mean that is the full Augusta National experience is what we got this weekend we're a beautiful gorgeous Sunday that everybody wants but I mean there were some days where I mean you know Friday Saturday there was some serious wind and rain and just you know it, it, it showed I mean there were you know some really really impressive golfers making some really big numbers uh Bryson DeChambeau misses the cut after going 76 80 shoots an 80 on Friday uh, oh I'm so upset oh yeah no. same but uh but but I mean that's the deal man I mean it's like if you do not bring your A game this is still going to be a course that will eat you the fuck alive um and yeah you know, I mean Brooks Kepka missed the cut mm-hmm. uh who else? Uh, 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 Jordan Spieth missed the cut. I mean, Patrick Harrington. I mean, some really, really yeah, high quality golf. I mean, those are just big names that, that, that aren't in there. It goes to show oh. just, again, the, 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 the difficulty that is Augusta National. Xander Shoffley, Abraham Answer. I mean, these are guys that are, you know, kind of automatic when making tour cuts uh, a lot of weeks. And, uh, and you know, they, they just they couldn't. Um, Sounded. Uh, I will say big credit to uh, Hideki Matsuyama for uh, for doing like some stuff in English on this weekend. Uh, that was kind of coming out over the course of the weekend. Was that he has basically been like secretly working on his English and uh, has been like and was was trying to set himself up so that he could do the jacket ceremony the right way. He could do the dinner the right way. Uh, learning about that, that was uh, that's kind of just I don't know. It's kind of neat. Um, but yeah, man, just an all around, it, it sucks that it's over. I wish we had two, two masters a year because I mean, it really is just the best tournament in golf. Yeah, and- we got, we got absolutely teased last year. I, it was funny cause that was kind of a talking point. I heard some people on, on Twitter, some of the announcers talking about it. It's like, well, you know, you, you want this every year. You re- you really wish you didn't have to be like, oh, I guess we're just done till next April. Like we all, we all got a little bit of, uh, uh, a, a hard tease when we got that November, April uh, back in 2021. Yeah, uh, just because, and you know this as well, I didn't until I looked at this, Ev, by the way. Scheffler goes home with $2.7 million in earnings. Correct. Holy 
fuck, dude. That yeah, is dude. Crazy. Yeah, that was well. That was what was funny about. I mean, Rory probably made himself. Rory made himself about a million dollars on Sunday by going from like tenth or whatever, eleventh to uh, to second. So no, I mean it's a uh, it's a person a half, man. I mean it is a uh, it is a major title, and um, you know you get paid accordingly. Um, we'll say that uh, you know it's it's not like technically like. I mean, what's funny is that the players champ, like Cam Smith, technically won a bigger purse. Uh, even though the players isn't a uh, a major tournament, but that's kind of the beauty of the players, right? Is that you know the the it's 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 that kind of event, I guess. But um, no, it was uh, an all around good weekend, and I mean, obviously, uh, at least, or not obviously, but for me, it's uh, an exciting time because now the uh, now the the PGA Tour heads to Hilton Head Island. Uh, my old stomping grounds where I graduated high school and to you play, uh, pl- you play on the course where they where they played many times Dom um, it's uh, called Harbortown Golf Links and uh, I uh, was fortunate enough to get to play there a bunch in high school and you know I I, I, I even worked the event several years uh, and and uh, so I wish I was going to be up there this weekend but uh, it's uh, it's been a very hectic uh, kind of month for me so t- starting to take it uh, a little slower now and uh, and you know I'll, I'll watch the heritage from afar but but after you put on the green jacket you know what jacket they give out the heritage Tom is that the uh, is that the plaid jacket the plaid yeah, yeah see I'm getting there I know I'm starting to know You're, my golf I, a little bit get that done um, but, Thank you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just you know, it's 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 there's nothing quite like you know sitting around on a Sunday, got the Masters on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully something you know some form of decent lunch or dinner or snack or something, maybe a beer, and you're just you're in heaven. That's that's all it really is. Well, and one thing I got thinking of with the Masters as we were talking about it, it you know, in a couple episodes ago, in case for those who don't know, is that Ev kind of broke down this unique situation that's happening, where. Um, the uh, the Saudi Arabian League is trying to form and trying to pluck talent away from the PGA Tour by offering you know a lot of money and the PGA Tour has doubled down and said that you know if you go to Saudi Arabian Tour like that's a lifetime ban from the PGA and you know I, I think we kind of both had that debate it's like well how much is that dollar figure going to play into consideration when these people pick you know these golfers pick like oh where do i want to go do i just want to make just boatloads of money or do i want to be able to play in america and stuff and i i i it's easy for me to say this from a fan perspective and i would maybe think that the players share some sort of uh similar feelings in this but when you go and get to play at the courses like the players, the masters, you know, you go to um, Pebble Beach, like there, there still seems to me like this PGA Tour has just such uh, a draw in the events you get to play and the atmosphere and like the energy, like how it was fucking awesome to see the crowd roaring at Augusta. And I know like Augusta is like very selective on who gets to be there. It's not like it was like at the at the Phoenix, the Waste Management Open in Phoenix or whatever. But I think the PJ Tour should use this past uh, Masters tournament as like the biggest marketing tool to be like, hey, like this is what you get with the PGA. And I can quite frankly have if I was a you know a world class golfer who could be able to have that decision, I'd probably be sticking right in the PGA. I would I would easily for like for forego a, a big chunk of chains 
change just to be able to have that environment, be able to play on the PGA Tour because you live for moments like what you got this weekend at the Masters. It was it was a sight to see. Well, that's the thing is like that's kind of why the why the the Saudi stuff makes everyone feel so icky too is that it's not about like you know if the Saudi stuff was hey come win over here and you'll make more money than you do in the PGA Tour but that's not the pitch the pitch is we're gonna pay everybody a fuck ton of money you're gonna come over here and play in tournaments that you've already like you've already locked up the money. Like you've already, you're already going to make what you're going to make. So we're not going to have great patrons. We're not, it's not about like, you know, trying to compete with each other for you're at that point, you're just competing for bragging rights and yeah, you're competing for bragging rights on the PGA tour as well, but you're competing for glory, for history, for, for the roar, you know, you're competing for all those things that you're mentioning. It's so much deeper than anything that, you know, the Saudi league could ever throw at you. Um, and you know it's uh it's uh, hopefully i hopefully dom i i love that you bring that up i hope that anybody really thinking about going over to saudi arabia Mm -hmm. you know saw this weekend and you know got a little reminder of oh yeah well i could never do that again if i go over there um it's just i don't know i i'm with you dom and i you know it's it's money's not everything but again we are talking about golf and you know it is I guess a bougie sport, so um, you know, at, its, it, at its highest form. You know, that's that's just that's that's the draw you get, and so I'll I'll be curious to see. But I, like I said, I think I think the uh, the PGA Tour is is going to be able to use big events like the Masters to kind of leverage and being like, hey, like you can go make all this money, but like you're never ever gonna go get this again. You know, and yeah. and quite frankly, I, I think you know these golfers, Evan, you you know this world a little bit more than I do. They make so much more money. Um, you know, from endorsements and, and, and appearances and putting on golf camps and clinics, et cetera, et cetera. There's like, there's, a, there's a, because of golf's kind of bougie-ish, bougie-ish nature that that it can pull to its, you know, top 1% people that kind of support it, there's always going to be a plethora of avenues for these golfers to make side cash and, and work these endorsement deals, whatever it may be. So, it, it, I, they, I'm trying to think it's like maybe the Saudi Arabian League just at the end of the day is like, well, we don't even have the money to go on top of the endorsements and then you know you're gonna lose out in the PGA tour the rest of your life. So I will uh, I, I like I said, I'm gonna put myself in the shoes of a world class golfer. I'm not leaving. <laughs> That's just just can't do it. Well, hopefully uh, they, they uh, that, that gets through some of those thick ass goals um, on the tour. Uh, but hey, you know, knowing Bryson, he missed the cut, so he's he's probably like, yeah, I'm going. Well, that's to Saudi what you Arabia get for week. for doing an all golf battle with Dude Perfect. I mean, the golf yep. the golf gods didn't like it. Apparently, uh, they did not subscribe Should've... to Dude Perfect, and they and they made him pay for it. Should have focused on his game a little bit more, huh, Bryce? Huh? A little bit. Uh, uh, but uh, Dom, you know that wasn't the only major sporting event of the weekend. It was also uh, it was also f- fight time, punch weekend. Boom, boom, UFC Ch- two seventy three. It was uh, Duval. it was Duval. I was I did get back in I did get back home in time to potentially go. Uh, and tickets dropped actually much cheaper than I anticipated. But I uh, I, I I did not get. I got back like an hour before it started, and I was like, I'm not going i'm tired so uh i missed out but uh dom dom what did i what did i miss 
It's understandable, Ab, because I mean, I I was able to catch the the last two big fights of the night uh, after my work schedule got out, which is around like twelve thirty Eastern when I got out. So it just goes to show you how late these fights go. Uh, I'm gonna start with with just this main card here. Uh, first two early wins uh, in the lightweight bout. You got Mark Madsen won by unanimous decision uh, over uh, Vink Pichel. And then in the women's strawweight bout, the only female fight of the night, Mackenzie Dern, uh, who was the favorite coming in, um, beat Tisha Torres in a split decision, which was a... Uh, I've got bad look look at some of the highlights of that. Very, very good fight. Um, Mark Madsen, I forgot to mention too, was the was the underdog, so that was the lone underdog, or I'm sorry, the second underdog win of the night. Now, moving up to the fight of the night, Av, I am fucking pissed I missed this one because Kazmat Shemenev and Gilbert Burns had one for the fucking ages. I mean, beating the living shit out of each other. Strikes, grappling, you name it, this fight had everything and i am very very sad i missed it the reaction on twitter uh the decision was unanimous uh cosmat won um and he was the favorite to win uh there was a little bit of blowback some people thought that gilbert did enough to win but if if you ever see these judges give out unanimous unanimous decisions it means that for amateurs who watch the sport like you me and these other people who troll it on twitter um just know you're in the wrong if it's unanimous, then there is no there is no ifs, ands, or buts. It, it looked like Cosmo did enough in the first two rounds of this fight that made it near. Gilbert Burns was going to have to knock him out in order to have a win. So Cosmo wins this, and now we get into the two title fights of the night. The second upset of the evening, Av, was Aljamain Sterling in a split decision, going the distance, five rounds against Peter Yan. Uh, this one, I was pretty tossed up. I think, I think Aljamain was my pick, or he was my pick, and I think he did very much deserve the win in this. Uh, he dominated in rounds one, three, and really split five. Uh, two and four definitely b belonged to Peter Yan. A lot of people believe that Peter had a great round four and did enough in round five after winning round two that he should have been the winner. But like I just said, like that is the nature of split decisions. I think it could have. I would not have been upset with either way, whoever it goes. But Aljamain Sterling retaining the bantamweight title is very good for the sport. It's a great story. And this is far from the last time I think we're going to see them uh, go against each other. And for Peter Yan fans out there, uh, he will be back in a title contention fight very, very, very soon. Like, there's no way Dana White, after that performance, is going to let him have to do the, you know, the two-fight circuit to get his chance at getting to a yeah he's getting pushed about. exactly uh and then the main of the main event of the evening of the featherweight title bout it was deemed the performance of the night which is very <laughs> i watched this one in in full as well alexander Vol uh, volkanovsky uh, was the reigning champion the heavy favorite over chan sung jung the korean zombie um, I don't know how, if you got to watch any of the, the replays, highlights from this app or anybody listening, but if you haven't, like, you're you're going to wonder if the Korean zombie was even awake because I kind of wondered that at times. He had a couple good strikes here and there. Uh, this, this this fight didn't really go to the, to the ground at all. It was a very strike-heavy match, which is always pretty fun. Um, Alexander just, I mean, he opened a can of fucking whoop-ass. 
I, I, I don't think Chad or the Korean Zombie was ready for how quick Alexander was going to come out. Uh, Volkanovsky is very big in his leg kicks and his leg strikes. And while he did do that, the Korean Zombie actually landed more leg strikes. And you can definitely tell that he was prepared for Volkanovsky to deliver more leg strikes. And that did not happen. I, I have to give, I don't want to shit all over the Korean zombie because that dude stuck around probably three rounds longer than any doctor or like brain uh, surgeon would ever want to see a human being stick around. Because after the first round, like I, I, he had to have a level five concussion. <laughs> he was taking some mean fucking shots from Volkanovsky. And he, tough big chin on him, tough guy. I give him all the credit in the world. But by the time we were 45 seconds ago in round four, uh, Herb Dean, uh, one of the probably more famous refs in in the UFC. I even know that dude's the, name. Yeah, he gets a lot of the McGregor fights and stuff, as we all know. He has gotten some flack before for stopping fights early. Uh, but he, it was weird because he stopped this fight as they were both standing. Uh, Volkanovski hit, hit the Korean zombie with a good strike, and it wobbled him. And then I think it was when Jung could not put his hands back up quick enough. Herb did the right thing and, and, and called the fight right there. It was over. Um, initial flack, people gave it a little bit, but then they're like, actually, no. he uh, he. This man is fucked up. Like, we should have ended this maybe a round ago. So that's how the fight, it didn't really have a climatic end to it, but absolutely Alexander Volkanovsky deserved the performance of the night because it was it was a clinic. It was it was actually like we were talking about Scotty Scheffler putting on like a an, a masterpiece of a performance at, at the Masters. Like in terms of UFC, what Volkanovski did in the, in the octagon was like a a thing of art. That was a masterpiece. I I have very rarely gotten to see someone look that good in the ring. Like that was almost like watching McGregor in his prime. That's kind of the same vibe it gave off. So. Uh, overall, great weekend. Uh, Jacksonville uh, <laughs> Jacksonville was not happy that Algemon Sterling won that fight, by the way. So Duval is forever Peter Yan fan. Uh, they booed the fuck out of Sterling. I meant to meant to mention that. But um, I think Dana has been pretty clear that uh, Duval will be getting fights in the very near future, Ev. So there will be plenty of opportunities for you to go to this because uh, – Jacksonville loves UFC, and UFC loves Jacksonville. So overall, great, good card. Very, very good card. And I, I was I was happy to be able to catch some of it amidst this busy weekend. Yeah, you know, that's the interesting thing about Jax is that Jax is lacking necessarily in a lot of, you know, in most departments that, uh, that you know, somewhere like Miami, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because they could be doing these U.S. and they do do U.S.C. in Miami, right? I mean, occasionally, I think, maybe not um, pay-per-views, but. Uh, I, I, I think, I think. Think what you might be getting a mix up is more like the the zone boxing match. Oh yeah, there you go, there you go. But, uh, there, but, but there, yes, there is the potential in Miami. My my point being is that you could say Tampa or Miami or Orlando are better fits for uh you know they're bigger cities. You know what I mean? They just have more stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, than Jacksonville, but dude, the culture of Jacksonville it, it, it fits UFC so perfectly. Uh, not to mention too that. You know, I think I think there is something to be said about Jacksonville logistically as an option compared to those other places that are, you know, I mean, I don't know if, Dom, I don't know how much time you've ever spent in Miami, but just try and, like, get around Miami through any form of transportation. I don't, and, I don't uh, need to, I haven't really spent any time there, and I, I already know how bad, it, I don't, I don't need to know. 
I don't need yeah. to be there. So <laughs> I, I just I, I I do think you know from a from a obviously I'm not a massive USC fan, but from a just a Jack's native perspective, it is still just so fucking cool uh, to to hear you know that you know one the the environment at the at the pay per view was was good and that you know also people are giving it positive reviews in retrospect. So yeah, um, and, and, and like like I don't want it to be because there were there was some talk on Twitter uh, of just being like why are they booing like Aljamain Sterling. Like, this guy put on a clinic. This was a great fight. He deserved that. And, like, yeah, I don't I think the, the UFC fans don't ever take that away. But, like, you're allowed to root for it. Like, I think, like. Yeah, you're allowed people, to have interests. Yeah, some yeah. people, like, forget the fact that, like, these are fans. Like, we're all not sports writers. Like, if, you, if you're mad that Peter Jan lost, like, you can be. Like, I was there with you in November as I walked out of the stadium when Jacksonville beat the Buffalo Bills. Like, I'm, I'm going to tip my – I can still have respect, but I'm going to be very vocal how pissed off I am. Like, Bingo. So, so if you're making that argument, just do yourself a favor. Sh- shut up. Like, that's 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 not needed. Uh, and I – because I also don't – I have a lot of love for the city of Jacksonville. I like it very much, and I don't want – uh, Jacksonville getting a bad rap because, as we, I mentioned, UFC in Jacksonville is very much a, a public, very well-known uh, combination that Dana White is in full support of. So like, we'll, we'll leave it at that. It was a good atmosphere, and let the fans do their thing because Duval's going to let you know whether you fucked up or not. <laughs> I, I, you, can, you can attest to that as a Jag fans, uh, as a Jags fan. It's like they're they're going to let you know whether they like you or not. And that's what they did. Like You're allowed to be a fan. Straight facts. Dom, is it time to make money? Oh, gosh, yes, it is. Good. I had to get that out there. That was actually that was funny you brought that up. I was like, that was the one thing I was like, I saw on UFC Twitter. I was like, I got to bring that up. But, yes, we do need to go make some money up because those fighters and those fights of the night that uh, that, that, that our man Alexander got, he's going to get a fat bonus from getting the fight of the night. So we need to go get ourselves a fat bonus, go get some of that cheddar. We're going to go to the cash grab. But when we come back, Ev's got an opening day recap. He was in the ATL watching the Braves restart their tour to kick off another hopefully repeat of the World Series title. So we've got opening weekend stuff, a little NBA, NFL, all coming your way right after the cash grab. Stick with us. Down and Out returns right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out is underway, and it is time to talk about the opening weekend of the MLB. 
It is done. It's underway. Baseball is officially back. And Ev, you were in Atlanta Thursday night catching one of the more highly anticipated opening days. And whether you're a Braves fan or not, it, you have to give notch respect to it because it's a defending World Series champion opening up their season. And obviously the storylines are there in Atlanta too. You know, there's a, it's it's very it's a very weird thing that you're probably looking down at. You see Matt Olson at first and not Freddie, not to like dig up your open wound there. But overall, uh, give us a little breakdown. How was the ATL look like from all the videos and highlights they saw? The atmosphere was rocking in, in ATL. Yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, you know, of course they did the, uh, before the game started, they did the ring ceremony and, you know, honored all the players and stuff. And that was, you know, really nice, you know, just to be able to see that. I didn't get to go to the... Um, to the parade or anything like that. So that was kind of a way to, to do that. And, um, it was, uh, it was, it was really nice. You know, the, me and Dom were talking about this earlier, the, the rings are phenomenal. Like they look so so good. Um, I wish I'd gone on. So tonight's game, tonight's game in Atlanta against the Nats. If you go, you get a replica ring. Um, uh, for free, uh, which man, I would love one of those, but uh, I mean, it's like a plastic, you know, like whatever oh, type ring, it, but it would just, it, it, it could be styrofoam. I don't give a damn, but it would just be, it'd be good vibes. Yeah. Um, but what wasn't such good vibes was that the reds beat the Braves on opening uh, night <laughs> and, uh, split the series with them over the course of four games. Um, not that that's, uh, it's not, you know, uh, do or die or anything like that. It's first series, but, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where, Coming in, um, you know, I kind of, you know, the the Reds have kind of punted on their season a little bit. Like, they traded Jesse Winker. They, you know, they, they kind of, they didn't have Louis Castillo, their, their number one. He wasn't even pitching. But, man, Tyler Molly just uh, uh, threw some fire. And, you know, I mean, in general this weekend, the Reds look fine. You know, they look like they might be a mediocre team. So, who knows? Um, <laughs> they uh, they came into Atlanta and did a solid job. Um you know, uh, Matt Olson didn't have a hit on that uh, on that opening night, but Matt Olson has proceeded to like I think he's like now like seven of twelve um, for the weekend. So yes, you know, he, at he, least he made up for that pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, no worries. Um, you know, Max Fried didn't pitch that great. Ian Ian Anderson pitched like shit yesterday. So Braves pitchers kind of need to wake up a little bit, but. You know, uh, for an opening series, you know, I've, I've seen worse. Um, you know, the Braves are never – they weren't hot last year, right? I mean, they were they were really bad in the first half of the season. So, right. who knows? You know, you don't – you don't uh, – you don't you don't make you don't jump to conclusions, but overall, you know I uh, I like I like Matt Olson a lot. It seems like he's getting going writing right away. Um, Alex Dickerson is our DH now, which I I'm excited. All I'll say is that I'm excited for Acuna to be back, so that we don't have to worry about having Alex Dickerson be part of the lineup. It's not the, that's not a diss to him and like some like oh he sucks. It's just you know obviously two levels of players there. Um, but uh, yeah, just an overall good weekend in Atlanta. Um, you Probably know, makes you feel just... good if you go back to Friday night. Uh, I mean, like Charlie Morton had a a, a pretty sharp start, uh, considering the fact he's yeah. coming off the broken leg. You know, so I, I was I was kind of wondering, it's like, how is this? You know, a, what, what's considered to be a pretty good ace for you guys is how how is he going to come off the uh, the broken leg, the injury, and he looked by all means looked sharp. I, I, the Reds only made that I think that Friday game close because they. They scored like three in the ninth or something. Yeah, like that, they came so. in late. Well, and then Kyle Wright for the Braves on Friday, 
on Saturday was lights out. I mean, uh, zero earned runs and in like five innings pitched. And um, if he can also step up, the Braves will have a top five. You know, if he can step up, if he's also there now and Soroka can come back by July, I mean, we're talking about a back half of the season that the starting rotation is Freed, Morton, Anderson, uh, Soroka, and Kyle Wright, which is, I mean, that's a, that's an, a pretty insane five. Um, but yeah, you know, no, really, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's opening series, right? Like, you don't jump to conclusions, like, you don't, whatever, it can be boring in that way, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, in some ways, there's not all that much to say other than kind of what I've already said. I mean, it was just a good time, and, and uh, you know, it's it, it kind of feels like there's a little bit of tune-up going on still, but that's okay. Um, meanwhile, Dom, your your uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim also got their season underway. Um, didn't win the series, but, you know, I think Saturday was kind of the example of what the Angels can be, right? Yeah, in terms of what you wanted to see from Noah Syndergaard and you wanted to fi- finally like feel like there's there's another ace in the rotation other than Shohei, like who can we put in and who's going to get the job done? And, uh, I mean, Noah pitched a, a master, master class performance. A 2 nothing win Saturday night. Uh, I, I go back to Friday, though, with the Angels. My only, my only concern is their offensive production. And I, I go back to the Friday game to highlight it was the most runs they scored in the series was six. But, you know, the, the bullpen still seems to be a little bit of an issue because we gave up eight runs in the top of the seventh inning. So, you know, there's there's going to be growing pains. I know we've addressed it, but uh, I think a lot of Angel fans like myself knew that, like, the magic finger wasn't probably going to solve all this right off the bat. But, yeah, I, I, I take Saturday as, an ex, like, the exact thing that, as an Angels fan, you wanted to see and that there is potential. Um Mike Trout goes yard in the game as well, so you know he was there. Shohei had a had a good series it, it, up to play too. Uh, Joe Adele made a, a great play, uh, robbing a, a home run yesterday. In yeah, I saw that Sunday's game, which was awesome. Uh, and it was also good just to beat Justin Verlander too. Uh, send that motherfucker to a retirement home. Uh, cannot wait for this. You know, get True. And, and his career in Houston. So I mean, yeah, it's it, it sucks to start one and three. You know, but like you said, it is the first series of the year. The Angels have a really, really good opportunity uh, with Michael Lorenzen to start tonight. I, you know, our first start we get to see with him, and we're going to host the Marlins for I think what it's going to be a three-game series. So, you know, very, very good opportunity to quickly turn that around and uh, and, and kind of go back to be 500 or even better. That uh, looks like it's a two-game series. Also, uh, saw where Shohei set the uh, Statcast record for hardest hit ball from a left-hander yesterday um i don't know if you saw that well, I uh, did not see that no he uh his double that he hit was came off the bat at 119 miles an hour um which is a uh a record for yeah, for a lefty that's fucking that's gotta be so like you know like when something goes by your like your head or your ear really really fast you hear like the sizzle like if i'm a starting pitcher and shohei otani sends a double that goes over my head and even if i'm hearing the sizzle coming off an over the head double i i probably just poop my pants a little bit like i would re- yeah. i would request an l screen as a professional pitcher <laughs> uh no question um you know, uh, there were some other really interesting series this past weekend. Um, 
you know, the Rangers and Blue Jays put up a billion runs in their three games this weekend. Uh, both those teams. And he's the, not even he's Evans. Not even like like over exaggerating here. Like there was a billion runs scored in the game. Uh, real quick. So yesterday, twelve six, twelve six Rangers win. Day before, four three. Oh, you guys, yeah, four three. That's not that great. That's you know whatever. Four uh, three, and then uh, the day before that, ten eight. Um, so I mean. Basically, you're looking at a grand total of like 40 runs being scored through three games. Um, you know, the, the, we were wondering, hey, are the Rangers going to be fun? Uh, yeah, the Rangers are fun. Are the Blue Jays as fun as they look? Yep, they are. Um, and Vladdy only had one home run, and they scored 40, you know, 30 damn runs by themselves or whatever. So, um, yeah, uh, exciting times uh, in Toronto. In uh, other news, I mean, you know, the the Rockies took two out of three against the Dodgers. That was fun. Um, that's let's go Rocks, you know. Uh, uh, well, let's let's shake it up, right? Like after a season where we thought they were gonna go and have to completely. Uh, overhaul, restart, be fresh off the uh, fresh in the the AL or the NL West. Well, they said nope. We're gonna go get Chris Bryant, and then we're gonna go take uh, take two from the Dodgers early on. Although, did you see? There's a high. I saw it this morning. Chris Bryant dropped a routine pop fly and left. That allowed the Dodgers to clear the bases in like the second inning. That um, did happen. That 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 hurts. That that yeah. and, it, and it didn't matter in the end because the Rockies put up nine. And and it looks like Chasen had a had a nice day on the bump, but uh, yeah, tough tough look for the guy you spent all that money on. And um, well, it's funny too because okay, so that happened to Chris Bryant, but if you go watch the highlights from that game in left field as well, Chris Taylor dropped a routine fly ball. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there were twenty five mile an hour winds, um, and so the it, apparently like it was just one of those things where sun plus wind. Uh, you know, they, it just kind of created some issues for the guys out there. But hey, you know, they went one and one against each other and the Rockies. I mean, that you know, I don't think anybody was really anticipating, you know, you know, oh, the Rockies are going to be, you know, a, a team this year. And, you know, it's just one series. But I mean, I don't know. The Dodgers are kind of the Vegas favorite to win the World Series. So if you can win the opening series against them, that's impressive. Also, speaking of Chris Bryant, good transition. The Cubbies. I mean, they got better in the offseason. We knew that they added some good players, but, you know, another team that's kind of a favorite coming out of the NL, the Brewers, I mean, the Cubbies go take two out of three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, there's some interesting results going on. We're well, kind of getting... I think so- yesterday, too, is the the Guardians put up 17. You want to talk about fun baseball teams? Is like, you know, I, the, I don't think we're expecting much out of the Guardians, but I just, like, any time you drop 17 runs, it's like, oh, all right, well... That fucking happened. That that's that's yeah. definitely an anomaly. Well, that's what's seventeen runs, twenty two hits. Um, goodness. Um, but at the sixties, there's a the 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 guy credited credited with the loss for the Royals. Uh, I think his name is Kyle Bubich. Um, Chris Bubich. Um, his current ERA is sixty seven point five. I see that right here. <laughs> so, um, oh, no. that's good. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, and yeah, I you know Royals also taking two out of three, even though the Guardians kind of put it on them in this last game. So uh, a lot of interesting results. I mean, obviously we had Red Sox Yankees uh, to open up the weekend as well. The Yankees pulled out the first two games in kind of dramatic fashion, um, but then uh, the Red Sox uh, also won a dramatic one last night to at least get their first win of the season. Um, 
you know, uh, something we I mentioned with Shohei was that, you know, 119 miles an hour off the bat. That's absolutely absurd. Giancarlo Stanton in the three games of this series did not put a ball in play that was hit any less hard than uh, like 101 miles an hour. Um, right, so well, and that goes back to my point is like, well, you talk about the pitcher with the L screen. How about can we get like can we get a, a face mask on the shortstop at that yeah, point, right? Because like ground balls become terrifying off the bat of Giancarlo Stanton. If like yeah, I mean that's the thing is like I just don't see how. I don't, yeah, I he, he is something else, and his swing is so short. Like, it literally looks like Giancarlo Stanton is just, like, trying to hit, like, like, he's trying to hit lobs to, like, the to a little leaguer, like, for in practice. Yeah, like, like, but they like, pop fly practice and shit. But they go 500 feet, and it's just, yeah, it's absurd. It's, uh, it's nuts. Um... Also worth mentioning that the uh, the Mets, you know, took three out of four against the Nats, kind of to be expected. But uh, you know, the Mets rotation, despite not having Degrom, uh, is uh, is is still doing its thing. Chris Bassett with a really good debut for for New York. On, and I know um, we're both not we're Saturday. not Mets guys, and we kind of had like I have I hate soft, the Mets. Yeah, I do not yeah, like the Mets. And and I I have the little bit of the softer softer spot for the Mets, but I do also like like love when like that like Mets things happen to the Mets you gotta feel if you are a Mets fan you have to feel pretty good that despite all the shit with Scherzer and DeGrom that happened to go get three of you know four against the Phillies right now uh it's you gotta like I I would be happy you know because the Phillies are a team where a lot of people have put them in that playoff conversation you know they're they're very much a team who I expect to be there uh, later on this year, and the Mets went and, and were able to take care of business. So, uh, could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse for you, in New York. So, uh, you dodged a bullet. No, so far, you know, they the Mets just need to think: Can we be like five games above five hundred when Degrom gets back? You know, you know, assume that he's coming back. Uh, go, you know, handle this first like kind of month or two uh, without him, and then um, you know, try and. Uh, Try and see where you're at after that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it was a good opening weekend. I watched a metric fuck ton of baseball, and I'll probably watch another metric fuck ton of baseball like today and tomorrow, and you know, forever and always. Because I don't know, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm hooked. I kind of really do. I'm not joking. I'm probably gonna watch this Royals Guardians game here at two p.m. I'm. I know that sounds like Evan. Don't you have a life? And the answer is no. Baseball. It's a ball. Uh, baseball well, is life, bro. This is if you're listening to the podcast today or probably the day the next day the podcast comes out so Tuesday or the day after the po- the you know podcast comes out Tuesday um, you will probably still have time if you have T-Mobile they are giving away an entire season of MLB TV for free so please go get on get on that I'm gonna get to watch every baseball game this year for free yeah, thanks to that that we are not sponsored I'm just doing this because I'm like hey if you like baseball and you want to watch baseball or if you want to get into baseball you need to uh uh uh, uh, uh get out of here uh go go to t-mobile and do that um yeah Dom anything baseball related I feel like we covered every baseball yeah, uh is no, there any- I think I think I am uh, I am good there. I am I'm ready to move on, and I too will be uh, trying to see if my roommate's T-Mobile plan can be wiggled for me to also go get MLB TV. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Do it. 
Uh, and we got to roll into the NBA because uh, we have a couple things to talk about. The, the playoffs are set. The regular season is over. The play-in tournament is set. And before we get to our predictions, though, Ev, uh, it's just it's this recurring segment that has apparently come up on Down and Out, which is how bad is the Lakers and how demise are Lakers fans? And the, the answer continues to be we are spiraling downwards. Um, I guess a little bit of clarity today. And it really happened last night is that uh, Woj broke the news that the Lakers were not going to be moving forward with Frank Vogel. And apparently, <laughs> apparently Frank Vogel did not know he would not be moving forward uh, ahead of the, their regular season finale against the Nuggets. Which is like, the the, the Lakers pull out a, uh, I think a five-point overtime victory, 146 to 141. Over um, over the Nuggets, uh, like Mac McClung doing a reverse layup, Malik Monk with 41 points. It was such a bizarre game. It was like the most Lakers way to end a season, in a sense, if you're going to end on a victory. Um, but you know, I, uh, I I can't I can't say that I I don't support Frank Vogel leaving because it clearly just was not working there. Um, yep. I I think the the common thing that I'm hearing and moving around is that Frank just didn't have the right voice to be the guy who leads the locker room. I also have a little bit of sympathy for Frank because, I mean, we saw it with Ty Lue when he was coaching uh, LeBron in Cleveland. It's You are an NBA head coach who has the responsibility of coaching the greatest basketball player in the game right now, and then you have to add Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, who just in themselves are kind of polarizing, you know, figures in the NBA, guys who are all stars and probably you know future Hall of Famers. Not even probably are future Hall of Famers, right? Um, I, I I think that's a, that's a very tall, tough task is to be the guy who has to like get on LeBron James and try to be the person who does that. But in the same token, while I can feel a little bit of sympathy for Frank and other coaches like Luke Walton, uh, who have come through the Lakers organization, uh, you know that doesn't excuse you from not being able to coach and get the job done. Like the, the yeah. Lakers let up over over 116 points on average per game. Like a co- a good coach doesn't let that happen. So uh, I'm not surprised. I'm re- I'm just I'm ready. The the Lakers could clear everybody with like except for their stars, and I wouldn't even just pretend to pay attention. And I would just hope that <laughs> I would just hope that we come back better next year. I, I I just I don't I don't care about them anymore. I'm so happy that baseball here is here Ev, because I'm so tired of the fucking Lakers <laughs> this year. I'm so Dom. That's the beauty of truly investing all of your self worth in sports. Is that don't get it twisted. You will be depressed all the time. You will be disappointed every day. But there's always a new season rolling around the corner. There's always something new to watch. And, yes, I'm thankful for baseball as well. Um, So, Dom, is there anybody, anyone at all that you're like, oh, that would make perfect sense for the Lakers? I mean, we – I don't know if it would work. But before Frank got here, there was a very big conversation. And I don't – because he doesn't – he coaches elsewhere in the NBA. But there was talks about LeBron wanting to bring Ty Lue. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, actually, I'm actually go 100% for that. Pot. I think Ty coaches the the Clippers. Yes, he does. Yeah. So I I don't think that's in the realm of possibility anymore. But that's just kind of the first name that came to my mind. It's also kind of why I mentioned him there too. It's only because it, it was before before Frank became the guy in Le, in L.A. That was kind of who LeBron hinted at. Frank went like Frank. Don't get it twisted. His career coaching record. Is like I saw the set this morning. It's like 127 and 98. 
So like without he like he got worse as a coach with the Lakers. Yeah. But prior to being with the Lakers, like he was a very successful and winning NBA coach. Yeah. Um I there, there there's probably there's probably a guy on the war. I'm not as well versed with like NBA coaches as I am say, say like college basketball coaches of, but there there's probably a guy on like the Suns or the Warriors staff or even like somebody from the the Celtics organization who I feel like if I if if you if you get me somebody from one of those organizations, a team that is constantly winning, I'll be fucking happy. Do you know what's all the rage right now, Dom? What is that? Uh, unretiring. Yeah, yeah, that's that is all the rage. That is very true. Are you telling me uh, Tom Brady coaches the Los I'm Angeles se- Lakers? No, I'm telling you, uh, uh, Mr. Mike Shishetsky coaches the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh my God, you, Evan, don't do that to me. Talk about a plot twist. That would be oh, the coolest. Don't, don't do that. That would to be me. so cool, though. That would actually be like so cool. That would be like that would be so cool. Like that would be so like like if you want to talk about the most sensational headline you could possibly think of right now, um, it might be that. Um, but uh, no, no, I don't think that's gonna. Obviously, that's not gonna happen. I have no clue who they should go I, after. I, just, I, mean, I hate Coach K. I, just, I don't. I don't want him to coach there. Um, yeah, it, like honestly, like if Jim Beheim was like, I'm gonna go coach the Lakers. Like I'd be like, no, Jim, because <laughs> you can't. We can't run. A, so I would love to see Jim have to coach a team who has to run man to man. I would take it for like three games just to watch him like, hit him crumple and fold a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I, I think. I think there there will come. I mean, the the thing is, Evan, is that the Lakers job is so goddamn attractive. It's so lucrative. I mean, you are the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, so correct. We we will get somebody good in there, um, and, and I'm sure the right person will come around. And you know, AD came out this morning and said that he believes he and he and LeBron can still be the center point of the team, and I sure hope that is because Russell Westbrook is owed over forty-seven million dollars this year, and I don't know what the fuck we're gonna do with him, and I don't know who we want to trade for him because I don't know who wants to take on that financial responsibility. So we'll have to, we'll just have to. I, I'll put my trust, the very little that I have, into into Janine Buss and the and the uh, owner organization for the Lakers and. You know, pray that next year we can, uh, you know, we can come in as a nice six seed <laughs> in the playoffs. So I'll set realistic expectations. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think, I think that's all you can do for right now, Dom. Um, in the meantime, we have our playing game set. Uh, you know, we can talk a lot more about like the actual playoffs and you know how the the seating is kind of shaken out. Uh, uh, you know, later this week once you know those once the the playoffs are started mm-hmm. in earnest. But we got the Cavs and Nets and Clippers and T Wolves uh, uh, tomorrow night, and then on Wednesday the Hornets and Hawks and Spurs and Pelicans. Um, I'm feeling, you know, Nets and Hawks, but I don't know. This is almost like worst case scenario for the Nets in terms of getting the Cavs of like all the teams remaining. If I'm the Nets, I really don't want to play the Cavs. Um, but it's, uh, that's how it's shaking out. And if anything, if I'm the Hawks and the Hornets, I'm like, hell yeah, we're playing each other. Like we get to, you know, uh, you know, we, 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 we get kind of a, a workaround that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, of those of 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 Cavs, Nets, uh, uh, what you might call it, um, wow, Hornets, Hawks, you know, I I think obviously the Nets are still the favorite, but eh, shit, man, I mean, it could be uh, 
Could be interesting. Well, there, there. It's funny because there was at one point in the season that you, you look at the Cavs and the Nets, and it's like, I mean, the Cavs were at one point, you know, a game or two away out of first, and and, the, and it's kind of when the Nets were in this position as well, and it's, you know. It's two teams who I didn't really think when we started laying down our first round of, like, power rankings and, like, our for sure and who's the huh teams in the NBA. Like, the Cavs and Nets I did not expect to be in this location, but each team has kind of faulted in their own. Um, I, I, I feel I, – I think the Nets are, are the team that pulls it out there. Uh, I just – I'll trust the experience of KD, um, Harden, and, and, uh, and Kyrie in that situation to get them the win there. Uh, just fit on the Tuesday games, Clippers, Timberwolves. Like, this is the Timberwolves game to lose. I mean, they're just riding a hot streak. Carl Anthony Towns is has had done a really remarkable job this year of of kind of stepping up and being the guy that Minnesota always wanted him to be. And I, I, I just for transparency and like just a little bit of difference, I would like to see Minnesota in there, right? Because like. Like, I think of Minnesota in the playoffs, Ev, and the only person I can think of when that comes to my mind is, like, Kevin Garnett in a, in a T-Wolves jersey, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I, think it, I think it would just be nice to get, like, some mid-2000 vibes there. Uh, Hornets, Hawks, I'll ride with you. I mean, I, 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 I cannot wait to watch LaMelo Ball in, in a playoff setting. I think, like, and this is going to be really fun to watch him battle Trey Young, but I've said it, like, a hundred times, and people are going to think that I'm just trying to, like, you know, be this like in closeted Atlanta fan, which I'm not, but it's just because I like Trey Young a lot. Is like we saw what Trey does in the playoffs, and and I can't until he proves to me otherwise, or unless Lamelo and the Hornets have this great this great game, I'm I'm not gonna go against Trey in this situation. So I will take the Hawks there. Spurs Pelicans. I like I, I hate to be wishy washy, uh, and I I want to take I want to take the Spurs. I really do. And I, uh, I just, I like being being at home in a way. I don't know how much that's going to be a difference. I don't know how much that really plays a factor. So I'm actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna overthink this. Ed. I'm gonna take the Spurs. I'll take. I'll take the Spurs against the Pelicans. So give me the Spurs, the Hawks, the Nets, and the Timberwolves to move on out of this play. I'm. Uh, I'm going with the Pelicans just because uh, they've got the Alabama representatives and um, Herb Jones and Kira Lewis Jr. Um, but uh, but what I will say is that that Spurs Pelicans game, you could say that the Hornets Hawks game is kind of mostly like this too. But if you want to talk about a a game that truly does not matter at all, the Spurs and Pelicans game, I mean, it feels like it shouldn't even happen to a degree. Oh, like, well, yeah, yeah, because you, look who look that the. Let's let's just can we actually have if we had we'll cue up some some music in the post maybe uh, if I can avoid a copyright violation let's have an in memoriam for the Spurs and Pelicans seasons right now because it's so it's most certainly over regardless of whoever wins that Wednesday night game when they have to go play. I I, I almost feel like if I was like a Spurs or Pelicans player I feel like I'd be like damn we got to go to the NIT like that's what this feels <laughs> that's yeah. what this feels like I'm just like ah shit um but me but that's what's funny is that like all the other games I. I truly think that the Cavs or Nets could give someone a decent series. Uh, I think yep. the Clim- Clippers and T-Wolves could give someone a decent series. I think the Hornets and Hawks could even potentially give someone a decent series. Uh, I, I I don't feel that re- way really about the Pelicans or Spurs. So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, uh, it's exciting times. We're finally getting into the nitty-gritty over in the NBA, and uh, that's always encouraged. Uh, Dom... Um, 
you know, I, I apologize for your Lakers, but uh, we, we, we keep pushing, you know. Yeah, no, listen, it, it's done. We There's going to be great basketball. I'm looking forward to the playoffs, and it, it's actually it's better for my mental health right now that I don't even have to worry about stressing about the Lakers doing anything. Yeah, it's it, it's it's the life of what a Bills fan was years before we started making the playoffs, and it's what current Angel fans all feel right now. It's it's fun to watch the playoffs when your team isn't in there, when you just get over the fact you won't have to be heartbroken anymore. So yeah, I'll, I I will progress. We do move on, Ev. We do. Uh, I was trying to think. Is there anything else we uh, have to talk oh, about? Yeah. So uh, oh, NFL I, news. Yeah. So the wrap up in the NFL. Um, I guess we'll just get the the the, the tougher news out of the way. Is uh. Uh, Dwayne Haskins died this past weekend. I yeah. mean, just to get to it. I mean, it's uh, it was a uh, it was a tragic. Uh, it sounds like it was an accident. Tragic car uh, ran over by a car and just. I mean, it's just awful when someone's twenty four years old and you know. I mean, Haskins had. Um, you know, it was one of those things where obviously as a first-round draft pick and you don't, you know, really become the guy for the team you're going to, you know, there's all this different stuff. And, I mean, he did have, like, his, like, off-field issues, but it really sounded like over the past year or two he really kind of uh, progressed and kind of, you know, matured and, and, and was, you know, really starting to make progress. Uh, and um, so it's just – it's a tragedy. I mean, it's really brutal. It's like – it was weird, too, because, I mean, he was on – he was posting on his Instagram story, like literally, like, like the the evening before. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, hanging out with Najee Harris and you know other other Steelers players, and um, you know, it's it's just something that you know I felt like we had to bring up. You know, it's something we had to kind of mention because um, it's just such huge news. But you know, prayers up for uh, for 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 the Haskins family, for you know Steelers you know, fans and family and stuff, and. You know, Ohio State, uh, you know, friends and family as well, because uh, that's that's tough. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thoughts and condolences and, and prayers to him and his family. And, yeah, I think the, just to speak on, like, the uh, the progression of what he was able to do, like, I think T.J. Watt said it in, like, his, his little message. Like, it, 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 by all means, it did, it did feel like Dwayne was becoming, like, you know, the, the guy in the locker room that people wanted to have around, and he was starting to turn it around, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, life, life is a very, very precious thing, and, it, and, it, and it's very, it is tragic that, you know, you just don't, you, you don't get to see the, the, the what if, and you don't get to see that progress, and um, I mentioned it before the show, too, shout out to all the local journalists in, in, our, in our collective unit, thank you for, um, you know, everybody calling out some of the big, the big national journals that I'll, that we all know, I'm not, I'm not going to name them, but I just very much thought there were some really, really bad takes and some really just un, just uncalled for things that were put on social media. And I would like to thank, <laughs> for me, it's like the local sports community for being like, hey, like, what in the hell is this? This is there's a this is not it. And uh, I very much uh, respect our industry for stepping up and uh, doing the uh, doing the doing the right thing and calling out some really some really really nasty things. So uh, that, yeah, was, that, res- that was that was encouraging. Yep. Um, and then in positive news, uh, uh, you know, or kind of just I, I wouldn't I, it's positive, but it's also just like random interesting stuff. Uh, the Eagles signed uh, Devin Allen to a three year deal, which Devin Allen is probably a name you you're like, yeah, I know that name because it's a common name. But but also you may have recognized him from his uh, his kind of like wild highlight reel at uh, at Oregon. Um, and, uh, you know, he got injured and basically stopped playing football while he was an Oregon duck, but, and then went on to be a Olympic hurdler. <laughs> um, he, uh, 
he he's competed at like you know at the Olympics twice now I believe and then um, also just you know basically every year but uh, apparently it's going back in the football and the Eagles signed him to a three-year contract which is like kind of wild like a three-year deal seems like long for a guy who hasn't this is a guy who hasn't you're put, played. Fo- you're, you're putting a lot of faith into someone who hasn't played football in a long time. Uh, this is this is a guy. Uh, this is a guy who hasn't played football since 2016. So, you know, worth noting that that you know, I mean, obviously he's, he might be a little rusty, but but it's just kind of uh, uh, oh, the reason why it's a three-year deal is because he still counts as an undrafted free agent. That's wild. That Holy they shit. had this. They what, a, had to, what a parameter! Yeah, that so so that that's why he okay that makes more sense. But yeah, we're learning with you in real time, folks. And yeah, uh, undrafted free agent, so he gets a three year deal. And I mean, who knows if he makes a roster or anything like that? But uh, still, uh, still, I mean, you know, ran a uh, a four point three five unofficially earlier this month. So I mean, obviously, still has some gas. Um, see how uh, they they utilize him. Um, it's kind of a, a, a fun fun deal there. Uh, you know, the only other thing, something we missed, I wanted to bring this up. We even talked about the Guardians, and I didn't bring this dude up. Dom, have you heard about Stephen Kwan yet? I have not, no. Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan is a guy that you may need to start paying attention to based on his, uh, you know, he's 24, so uh-huh. 24. Uh, in the series against the Royals this past weekend, eight for ten. Uh, 0.857 OBP, one dot slugging, so 1.85 OPS. Saw 58 pitches, no swings and misses. Did not swing and miss at a single pitch this entire past weekend. Um, so hey, my we, man is a five nine short king. You love to yeah, see it. Five Hell nine yeah. too. He is. He is something else. He's a cooler. He is, he's a cooler Altuve. I, I'm all. I'm actually. I'm all in now. I'm all in on. This I, uh, I. That was. Uh, and you know. I mean. It's also remember. This was his first. Like, this. This run started with his first ever MLB hit. So yeah. I mean. This dude is. Uh, is apparently here to here to party. Um. So watch he's out for. Bat- Steven I Clark. love it. He's batting 800 with an OPS of 1.857. That's awesome. That is that is cool. I, I I'm glad you brought that to my attention. Uh, I will I will definitely keep my eye on him. Yeah, I, I we I, I totally forgot about that. Last night I saw uh, the stats of Stephen Quans and I was like I got to bring this up. And then uh, I'm I'm glad that we were able to fit it in here at the end. Dom, I don't have anything else to try and fit in unless you do. Nope. Um, I think we uh, I think we can uh, just about wrap it up here. It's been a pretty still chuck full show for a Monday that was still pretty busy with our weekend recaps. Uh, do we do need to actually have, make sure that while we give our our couple days break here before we record later in the week, people need to know where they can find us on the social media. I mean, Elon Musk was almost kind of our boss, but apparently he's not taking the board of directors seat with Twitter. But people can still go over to Twitter and they can find us. Ev. Uh yes, they can. They can go on the uh, the Twitter app and look up at Down In Out Podcast. D-O-W-N-N-O-U-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. 
you can uh, go follow us. We'll share new episodes. We'll share uh, fun jokes. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever you want. Literally, if you come in there and you're like, and you ask us a question, we'll answer it. If you come in there and you tell us to deactivate, I'll, I'll take that account down. I'm, I'm joking, but, but, um, but <laughs> we, just we, we are a podcast for the people, so that that is the, that it's it's a tough request, but I guess we would have to oblige. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's basically you know what you say goes. That's the it's it, you know uh, no rules, just right outback style. Um, and also while you're going uh and, and, and enjoying an outback meal while listening to our podcast, um, go give us a five star review on Spotify, Apple, or Stitcher. It is uh, sincerely appreciated. It very much. We appreciate you doing that. And while you're showing some love to us, go show some love to JD Masters and Buddha. Man of the Mirrors, our intro outro song you're hearing right now. Uh, anywhere you stream our podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you can find them. Be sure to give them some love over on YouTube and SoundCloud. We would really appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We'll be back later this week for another episode of Down and Out. But. Until then, Castle, a Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now.